Hey, Laura. Yeah? You want to talk about Leo? Yes. Let's get our costumes on and party with the wolf pack. Oh! Oh, man. Bonus Halloween edition. Uh, this is the podcast where we discuss all things Leonardo DiCaprio and sometimes special holiday-themed movies. I'm Meredith, and with me, as always, is my cool sister and fellow Leo Levin, Laura. Hi, Laura. Happy Hallows, everyone. Happy Halloween, gentle listeners. Uh, we hope you've had a great week. Uh, we're still trying to sort out our issues with the Newsies episode. Those Newsies are in revolt. It's a real problem. I basically feel like Joseph Pulitzer right now, but um, we thought we would bring you this special Halloween episode in its stead. Um, Today, we will be talking about the only Halloween movie that matters, Hocus Pocus. Yes. Uh, Newsies will be released on Thursday, and we'll be back to our normal schedule on Monday with Swing Kids. Um, But before we dive in to this glorious film called Hocus Pocus, or Hocus Pocus? Hocus Pocus. (laughs) Hocus, 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 Okay, we're not making fun of any particular accent. This is just us mispronouncing hocus no, pocus. No, it's just that the word. It's like because how we say it is hocus pocus, like like Lucas Haas. <laughs> it's the Lucas Haas. What? It's the Lucas Haas of movie titles. Wait, how? No, how does this relate to Lucas Haas in any way, shape, or form? Because. Hocus Pocus, Lucas Haas. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it made sense in my head. No, it's just like we pronounce it like H-O-C-A-S, but it's Hocus Pocus. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not Hocus. It's just Hocus Pocus, not Hocus Pocus. Oh, my God. Pocus. This is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, before we dive into Hocus Pocus, uh, happy Hallows, Laura. Thank you. Happy Hallows to you as well. Thank you. Um, do you like the Hallows? Would you like to talk about oh it a God. little bit with us all? You know that I love all the holidays. I know. It's like really like oppressive. Every, well, I, <laughs> I don't like the 4th of July because it's just extreme patriotism. <laughs> <coughs> oh my god the lord struck me down because i said that i'm sorry yeah you uh, can't talk that way about america sorry america will it's get you a, oh god that's like i know i just don't li- <laughs> <laughs> i just don't like holidays where you're expected to like gather with a bunch of other people and like that's all holidays you dumbass okay <laughs> mm, okay well this one has costumes though so that's great so um, if the fourth of july had costumes you'd be into it Yes. You also don't like loud but popping noises, though. So it's really. Th- yeah, I have a lot of like anxiety about fireworks. I don't mind them as much anymore. But when I was a kid, it was ex- the 4th of July was horrible. But Halloween has always been one of my favorites. I have like a, so many good memories of Halloween um, in particular that I always think it should be cold on Halloween. But it's usually here. It's hot, even though today it's 60 degrees. So I'm like just living it up and feeling good. Um, and then you and I, uh, we're not going to say the name, but we always pretended that we would, um, we'd give different names and pretend that our pumpkins were, um, plastic surgery patients. Can you tell that we were raised in California? We didn't do brain (laughs) surgery. We did plastic surgery. We did brain surgery too, didn't we? Was it all plastic surgery? No, it was always plastic. Yeah. And I would always, like one pumpkin. Wait, what I remember about going pumpkin picking when we were younger is that like, We'd go to the pumpkin patch and you would be in search of the world's most perfect pumpkin. And I would feel really bad for all of the ugly ones. And so I would pick like Mm -hmm. the weirdest, most mangled looking pumpkin and take it home because Mm -hmm. I was convinced that everyone else was like you and only wanted the good looking pumpkins. 
Well, and now I'm the opposite. Now I take like the one that has, you know, eczema all over it. And um, not that eczema is gross. I'll take that out because <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> it's just, it's the pumpkin has like a skin condition. You know, those pumpkins? Yes. The ones that I like. The, the warty ones yeah. that are like lopsided. Yeah. Those are the ones I like now. Well, I usually get like about six pumpkins when it's just me. I carve like two of them. Uh, anyway, I was trying to think of like my favorite thing about Halloween. Um, but I really just, I think I love all of it. I'm very into being themed and decorating. Um, like I just moved into my apartment. Can you stop clicking around? It's super annoying. <laughs> I'm not clicking at all. I'm not doing anything. What is that noise? It's the headphones that I have to wear because oh. Blake stole mine today. Oh. Anyway, uh, I just moved into my apartment and it's still not put together inside, but I definitely have Halloween decorations up in my front yard. I have a scarecrow. His name is Dean. Remember Dean? Yeah. Yeah. And Dean dresses up every year. He wears a little mask. And this year he's wearing like a boa, like a feather boa, but it's made of like spider legs. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Um, but my favorite thing that we do is something that you and I have done for the past few years, probably like five years or so. Um, you and I watch Hocus Pocus together over the phone. Mm-hmm. We we call it digi hanging. Mm-hmm. And we basically uh, sync the movie across the country. We like start it at the same time and then we watch it on the phone with each other so that we're like we're watching it together but like the first few years that we did this it happened on accident remember yeah because we were just watching it at the same time yeah because it's like it was always on what is currently free form what used to be abc family and Mm -hmm. um and we would both be watching it and you would call me and i'd be like god i'm watching hocus pocus and you'd be like me too and then we'd realize that it was like at the same part but slightly delayed and then we'd just watch it together and then one year it like wasn't on yeah. And so we had to buy it because you can't just not watch Hocus Pocus around the Hallows. It's true. Um, also, it has it happens to have a connection to Leo, of course. Uh, he's not in it, but we know that he almost played Max and that Max was inspired. Max's energy was inspired by Leo. Um, so now on one of my favorite parts of Halloween, it's crossing over with one of my favorite things in life, which is making this podcast. So, um, yeah, I love Halloween. Boop, How do you boop. feel about the hollows? I'm not real big on the hollows. Oh, no kidding. Um, <laughs> oh my God, you're so rude. Why did you ask me if you didn't want to hear? Well, I just wanted to hear like some like positive thing that you love about the holiday. I mean, I don't have anything against it at all. It's just like coming up with a costume is like a lot of work and like, it's always it's like almost always on a weekday, so it just feels weird. I really like candy though. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like candy, and I like Hocus Pocus. Um, trying to you think. don't carve pumpkins? No, I didn't even buy any. And the really so stupid boring. thing is, I would actually use them to cook. Like I really love making fresh pumpkin puree. I like seeing little kids in their costumes. Like, I work with kids, and that makes me really happy when they get super into it. But I'm just not that Mm -hmm. into it. I don't know what's wrong with me. It seems like a lot of fun. And I used to have a lot of fun doing Halloween when I was a kid. And I I mean, I did, like, Halloween in New York City in college, which was a lot of fun. And then at some point, I just was like, I'm not really into this anymore. I think that's Ew. fine. I like like family holidays where everyone gets together. So I'm the opposite of you. Like I am in so many other ways. No, no, no. I love family holidays where people get together too. I love Thanksgiving and Christmas. I just don't like the ones where it's like this huge build up. Like, yeah, we're going to go see fireworks or yeah, everybody's going to dance till midnight or whatever. And then it's always like some huge letdown. That's my experience with uh, the 4th of July and that other one. What is it? New Year's. (laughs) See, I kind of feel like Halloween is like that for me, though, because after college, when you like after I stopped having like that solid group of friends that always hung out together, it was like Mm -hmm. everyone kind of tried to get their schedules to work to have a super awesome Halloween. And then like something would happen and it would be terrible, like a snowstorm or a massive hurricane. And it was like after Mm -hmm. Hurricane Sandy, I just like gave up on Halloween. That was the last time I tried to do Halloween. 
there's so many other ways to do Halloween. Like I do it by myself every year. I don't have people over. I've tried. I don't know. I've tried to have people over, and they're always like, "Um, "I'm busy with some something stupid." Um, I want to have a pumpkin carving party, but no one ever wants to come to my pumpkin. Oh my god, this is not a therapy session. No, I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm just like, saying, I'm honestly, just, I just like don't have the motivation for it. If someone invited me to a Halloween party, I would totally go and I would get a costume and I would go and I'd have a great time. I'm just not into making it happen for myself. And you know that I don't care for decorating my home in like seasonal ways. It's too much effort and it costs me money and I don't like either of those things. My Lord. Like I don't even decorate for Christmas at all. But I also that's don't disgusting. stay in my home for Christmas. so. Oh, that's true. That makes a difference. You know, like, why am I, I going to get a tree that's just going to sit here and be a fire hazard? Because every time you... Oh, my God. What? <laughs> Mom has a perfectly that- good fake tree. Uh, <laughs> say say that sentence again. No. Why but- would I get a tree <laughs> when it's just going to be a fire hazard? Oh, I do sound like somebody we're related to. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And it's going to bring me no joy. It's just a bunch of work. Well, but also I live in New York City. I would have to go like a, if I go get a pumpkin, I don't just get to put it in a car and bring it back. I have to then carry that pumpkin for like when many lived, miles. When I lived in San Francisco, I got a four foot tree and I carried it like seven blocks all the way back to my house so that I could have a tree. That's insane. So I'm just saying we're different people. Let's let's move on, though. Okay, so we don't agree on the Hallows, but we do We're agree odds. on this movie being awesome. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. But before we do that, can we um, would you like let's talk about Leo? Yes. Um, that is the name. Like we of just the podcast. need to. Uh, do you have some Leo news for us this week? I do. Uh, for this week's Leo news, I'm just going to read this article from GQ about a day on the town with Leo and Toby. <gasps> I'm genuinely uh-huh. excited. <laughs> A day where they wore matching outfits to meet matching models. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Okay. (laughs) All right. Here we go. This is from GQ. Uh, Let's see. There's a picture involved, too, which we... uh, Let's see here. Um, It's by Liza Corsillo. I never give people credit, so I'm just going to do that. Or Corsillo, if she pronounces it that way. Or Corsillo. Uh, And it came on October 18th. So... If you happen to be dating Leonardo DiCaprio, which would mean that you are a seven-foot-tall Victoria's Secret model, then you have already accepted the several non-negotiable truths before you meet up for a date. He will probably vape. He will probably arrive on a city bike. (laughs) He will use all... um, He will use all of this... Wait. Oh, there's a typo. He will use all of his clothes to hide his face from the paparazzi. Mm-hmm. He might wear a pl- he might wear a plastic bag, just because, <laughs> and he will not dress up for any occasion, <laughs> which is exactly how Leo turned up um, yesterday to hang out in Soho with model Alina Bykova, an unidentified blonde woman, and founding member of DiCaprio and Co. <laughs> T- Toby McGuire. Who dressed ident- who was dressed identically to DiCaprio. Both outfits consisted of the trusted Leo staples, saggy jeans that almost fit, <laughs> a utilitarian zip-up bomber jacket, sneakers, runners for McGuire and slade slip-ons, sw- uh, suede slip-ons for Leo, and naturally sunglasses. The whole vibe was pretty sporty narc. <laughs> Which is not exactly what you want to dress for a date slash meetup slash hang slash whatever a casual get together with a stunning model is called. Uh, For one, a partner can't see your face if it's under a hood, shades, and a pull-down ball cap. Also, having pockets stuffed with all the wrong kinds of bulges. (laughs) McGuire (laughs) looks as though he's got an eye... (laughs) McGuire looks as though he's got an iPad in his jeans and DiCaprio (coughs) DiCaprio was smuggling a paper bag wrapped chicken parm in his jacket pocket what also I thought he was a vegetarian apparently not but uh, paper bag wrapped chicken parm in his jacket pocket maybe it's an eggplant parm 
<laughs> uh, dressing exactly like your best friend isn't cute. It's kind of weird, especially when you're both over 40. <laughs> no guy wants to appear like he's trying too hard with his clothes on a date. You want that style that looks good but comes off effortless. If the low end of the sartorial effort scale is DiCaprio here and the high end is Jared Leto in head to toe Gucci, you want to be somewhere in the middle and make sure you check on what your buddy's wearing before you leave the house. On second thought, just tell your pal to stay home. (laughs) So it's true. They're wearing identical. Well, it's not totally identical because Toby's um, outfit does not have a hood and Leo's is wearing a hood and a hat, but they are really close to identical i mean toby loves a crew neck it's not a crew neck though it's a zip-up jacket oh okay i have a better picture of this in my head did we write this article no is that like a pseudonym (laughs) that we have yes that's me i write for gq uh secretly I mean, I didn't know uh, if I was maybe having like disassociative episodes and doing <laughs> that as a as a uh, side so, hustle. Not only did they go on a double date, they also dressed up exactly the same, and then their ladies look pretty similar. Oh, it's like the Twilight Zone over there, man. I know. I'm, I'm seriously worried about what's going on with this crew. I, Is this something they've been doing forever? I really enjoy, though, that she said that it looked like Toby had an iPad in his pants. Like, the, the pockets just, that have bulges in all the wrong places. That's <laughs> an amazing line. Because they look like bag ladies. Like, they're just like, we don't have purses, so we just have to fill our pockets. <laughs> with, with chicken parm wrapped in a paper bag. God. <laughs> This is like a new level of drunk dad. It's a drunk dad with his best friend, his drunk best friend. Well, actually, actually, the overall outfit is better than normal drunk dad. But the fact that he's walking with Toby wearing a matching outfit is real weird. And the thing is, you know that they got dressed together because they basically live together. Yeah. It's not like they not like. Sorry, go ahead. It's not like me and our older sister when we're in the same house and then we show up and we're wearing the same outfit and then one of us goes and changes. Like they got to that yeah. point where they realized they were wearing the exact same outfit and then thought, this is good enough. Well, here's the thing. They have T-shirts on underneath these jackets, presumably. Maybe not. Um, <laughs> is it the same T-shirt? Like what is it? Why wouldn't one of them be like, hey, it's OK. I'll unzip just like so we don't look exactly the same. Or do they enjoy this? Is this? I honestly think they probably didn't notice. Can I send you this picture? Yes, please. But I think okay, they like on. really just probably didn't notice that they were wearing the same outfit because they're not that aware of things like that. How? How could you not notice? I don't. Couldn't, wouldn't I you don't just know. be like, "Okay, I took a picture." It sounds like you like took out a camera from the '90s and like took a picture of your screen and then are gonna mail it to me through the the, through the mails. That's exactly what I'm doing. Okay, I mailed it through the mails and it's here. Okay. Oh my god! Oh my god, (laughs) gentlemen, what is happening? I love the line: "The pants almost fit." This is better than regular drunk dad, though. Yeah, it is. It's like, wait, I have an idea. I have an idea. Okay, so here's what happened. Toby was ready for the day, right? And Leo was wearing like his typical drunk dad. And he like pulled out his plastic bag and he tied it to his shorts. He's like, ready to go. I got my chicken farm in my my shorts. I got my chicken farm. And Toby came out and he's like, man, we need to talk. You are going to meet a lady right now. You need to brush up and look better. And he was like, oh, really? Okay. So he goes into his closet and he's like, what is a better look? And then he just wears exactly what Toby's wearing because he doesn't know what to do. And then they just he's like comes out and Toby's like, should I say something? Nah, let's just let him have this one. And then they go to lunch together. My version of this is that Toby like was already dressed and Leo came out dressed like a drunk dad. And he was like, man, we're going to meet some really good looking ladies this is disrespectful. Like, we need to dress better. Ooh. And Leo was like, but I don't even know what to wear. And Toby was like, oh. just something like this. And like, 
gestured to himself. <laughs> and then Leo was like, I can do that. And went and put on the exact same outfit. And then Toby just like did a face palm and was like, I'm going to let it go. Because at least he doesn't look like a drunk dad trying to get custody of his kids. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, man. Yeah. So that's the news for the week. Oh, dear. Oh, dear me. Um, there's also several reports of him having a new model girlfriend there. Um, I looked all the ladies names up that have been like linked to him and they all look exactly the same and they all look like his previous girlfriend. Number 17. So number 18 is just going to be a carbon copy like we thought. So but until he's confirmed his lady friend, I'm not counting that as news because, you know, it's not really news. And also it's gross behavior. So, yeah, totes. Yeah, and also it is that like nineteen year old girl. Oh, and Leo, other, this is not the time. The, another this one. This is that's not the time. Men are being taken I, down for their gross behaviors, and I don't want to see you fall. So shape up, Mister. I get an age appropriate like a, girlfriend. <laughs> it's not hard. I wrote him an open letter like in my head yesterday, and it was like, I can't. Is like, dear Leo, I'm really concerned about you. I understand that you like the look of the model and of the young model, but guess what? So do all men. And just because you can, like, get this girl to go out with you does not mean you should. It's not appropriate. It's not good behavior. It's it's really gross. Honestly, actually. it's pretty predatory. It is. And if for him to say, like, come out with his whatever little blurb about Weinstein, which I don't even know if he even wrote, and then to go out with like a 19 year old like the next day, uh, I just I'm 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 not feeling it, Leo. I really need you. I don't care if you dress like a drunk dad. I don't care if you tie plastic bags to your waist. I don't care if you don't wear shoes. Just stop with the children. You can even date like a fully grown up model. You can date a 30 year old model, a 30. Just if there's a three in front of her age, that's so much better than a two. One hundred percent. And like a billion and a, times or a one. Than a one. A, a one. A one is not acceptable, man. Not acceptable. What if it's not that he's dating her, but that he realized that that's his child? And he's just not ready to like come out with the news. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what no. if she's a love child that he didn't know about? <sighs> and she just happens to be a model because, of course, her mother is a model. Of course. From the 90s. <laughs> I still, I don't think so. I think that he just like, I think he's a creature of habit and like he just does the same thing over and over and because he hasn't had to change. He's not changing. And I also but, think but guess that what, like buddy? he, like every other man on the face of the earth has decided that he's a good man and he doesn't do gross things. And so nothing he does is gross or weird and he doesn't have to think well, yeah, about his behavior. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm not assaulting them. I'm not pressuring them. I'm not being gross about it. No, but this is just gross. Like, it's part of the whole culture surrounding this behavior. Well, and what is, he doesn't understand is that uh, there's a major power differential between him and any young model. Yeah, even if she doesn't like you, Leo, she will go out with you. It doesn't mean she likes you. Yeah, because also, like, and, models' careers get a boost from dating him. People suddenly know who they are. Here's the, you're turning like, I mean, it's getting like lecherous when you, when you show up looking like a homeless man and you know, it's just like, it, like he doesn't even care about the girl at all. No. <laughs> like you said, it's like a sign of respect to dress up for people and you know, he's just, and he's got like three or four girls right now that they're like, oh, it could be her, which maybe he just said hi to them or something. Maybe it's like that Bella Hadid thing where it's not real. But you shouldn't even be in the position to be linked with these people. Get yourself a real age-appropriate girlfriend. A three, a four. You can even go older and get a five. In front, not, not, those are not rankings, Leo. Those are Those are ages. decades. <laughs> those are decades. Or as, as Brits say, decades. <laughs> you have aged out of the ones and the twos. You're done. You can't have any more. You also aged out of the ones like 30 years ago. <laughs> Once you no longer have a one in front of your age, you can't date people that do. Well, unless you're 20 and, and they're, they're 19, 19 and you were already dating. 
Yeah. Yes. That is the only scenario where that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. You have aged out, my friend. And you are, you just really, I feel like we should write to him. Like, I don't know how to best get this across to him that this is a real problem that could actually wreck his career. I know. Do you think like maybe we could call upon Kate to like sit him down and speak reason to him? I don't know. It's just going to take one, you know, situation that some like it's like, I don't know. He's so close to being just creepy. Yeah, this is like Hugh Hefner behavior and like, God rest his soul, but I hope Hugh Hefner's behavior died with him. You know what I mean? Like, that is such a, it's it's from a different time and we don't need to go back to it. (laughs) It's from a different time. It's from a different time. (laughs) Yeah, but Leo is of a different generation than us also. I mean, not that that's an excuse, just maybe it takes a little while longer for him to get it. I That excuse is so tired. Do you know what that excuse means? It means that you're lazy and you don't really care. Because it, you've had just as, when people are like, well, I'm older and it's da, 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 da. I'm like, you've had just as much time to get used to all of these things as everybody else has. It's been a long time since the 70s, my friend. You can't just sleep with your secretary anymore. And you haven't been able to do it since the 70s. So like get on, you had you had 40 years to get on board. What were you doing Leo, during whole, those 40 years? Lifetime. It's not like you're from the 50s, Leo. And even if you were you're from not. the 50s, you still had 40 years. You didn't have less time because you were older. You just had ingrained behaviors that you don't care to take responsibility for. There are lots of really beautiful older ladies. Oh my gosh, what if he has low self-esteem though, actually? And he feels like he's not smart enough or something. And he just has to hang out with young people. Yeah, I know. That's like a thing. And it's also predatory behavior. Yeah, Leo, it's gross. Just let's just move on and just say, hocus pocus. I'm like moving my my wand in the air and I'm trying to fix you. I don't. Yeah, I'm just trying to just stop it. Just stop it. Yes, please (laughs) stop, Leo, before we have to stop doing this podcast because you're taken down by women that you've wronged do you know how how many like how hard it would be for me to separate from him leo don't do this to us that's all we have this is really important leo this is supposed to to be a fun episode why have you ruined things (laughs) you've ruined the hocus pocus episode we can't have anything nice anymore we can't have anything (laughs) nice Everything turns out to be awful five minutes it's in. Tr- well, except for now, because I'm about to ask you, Meredith, can you kindly tell us the plot of the film Hocus Pocus in five sentences or less? I can, as long as I can use run-on sentences. <laughs> I s- yes, as always, yes. It's actually yes. a very Just complicated a of- plot, much more complicated than any other we've dealt with, including Henry V. <laughs> so I just want Ooh. everyone to be appreciative of this. All right. Are, okay. you, are you prepared? Ready? Okay. So now, now we're done with Leo yelling at Leo and now we're on to Hocus Pocus. Okay. Back in the early days of the new world, three witches known as the Sanderson sisters lured children and sucked out their souls to stay young and beautiful. They were hanged for witchcraft after killing a young Emily Binks, but not before A, turning her brother into an immortal cat and B, casting a spell that will allow them to come back to life for one night should a virgin light the black flame candle on All Hallows Eve. Cut to 1993. A young, hip L.A. native, Max Dennison, has just moved to Salem, Massachusetts, and is having a hard time adjusting. Forced to take his little sister Danny trick-or-treating so their parents can party, Max is humiliated until they run into the hot girl from school, Allison, and convince her to go to the Sanderson sisters' old house because her parents are also partying and not paying attention to where she is. While there, Max, a virgin, lights the black flame candle and brings back the witches. Max, Danny, Allison, and the immortal talking boy cat who has shown up to help them binks then must find a way to return the sanderson sisters to the grave before they suck the lives out of the children of salem and become immortal awesome but did you just call max hip it was ironic (laughs) (laughs) also i kind of feel like maybe in 1993 he was kind of hip I don't remember how I felt about him as a child. Like, I think I might have had a crush on him because he just, I mean, he's got the floppy 90s hair. I think you had a crush on him, too. I think I had a crush on the cat. (laughs) Everybody has a crush on Thackeray Banks. Oh, my God. Because Thackeray Banks. Because he also has, he also has floppy 90s hair. But Max had it. And 
um, Max is like a really emotional guy and he deals with his feelings in some very special ways. And one of them is to um, play it out on the drums yeah. and um, express his his teenage anguish. And I think I found that very appealing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah, no, Thackeray Banks, the uh, immortal talking boy cat, when he's in human mm-hmm. form, he has one of those, like, British faces that should be ugly, but for some reason is super hot. He's not British, though. I know, but he has a British face. Oh, okay. Where you're like, um, you're not filled out enough and you look ill-formed, but I'm really into it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but has he, he's got very... Uh, like his lips are enough, but not too much. They're not Nick Lachey. They're Nick Lachey. Nick Lachey or Scott Foley. Yeah, those. Speaking two of nineties references, <laughs> those two uh, lips are those two. Are, they're too much. But uh, Thackeray Banks has appropriate lips. Yes, we should stop talking about him as he is a child, <laughs> and we just oh. let, yelled at Leo for this behavior. But we're talking about how we felt about him when we were young, not how we feel now. Yeah, not now. Not now. Just to clarify, Um, we're not horrible people. Leo's not a horrible person either that we know of. I mean, he's just got some behaviors that we find troubling that we would like to nip in the bud before they become a problem. I didn't say he was a horrible person. It was implied. No, it wasn't. Um... Um, Yes, so this was like filled with like childhood eye candy. It was. It was. It's a very yeah. inappropriate movie. It is so inappropriate. But, it's but like, it's, this would never be a child's children's movie today. Oh no, definitely not. But also, like, it's, it's the nineties, so all of our parents were obviously at cool Halloween parties, not paying attention to what we were doing. Well, one of them, one of the parents is at a cool Halloween party. The other one is at this amazing, like, themed. 1700s or 1600s no it's like a it's like like it's a a masquerade um, but they're all dressed up like what is it called colonial (laughs) colonial it's it's a colonial america masquerade ball and it's just everything that i have ever wanted out of a party (laughs) like everyone is wearing wigs fluffy hair yeah wigs and they're wearing Um, masks and they're the men mm -hmm. are wearing like breeches like silk breeches which is like a is that how you say that word I don't know. Like those silky man, silk? silky man pants. <laughs> silky man pants. Pantaloons? But they're not long. They come to the knee oh. and then they have like very sexual socks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's a good look. It is a good it's look. It's a good look. <laughs> and they have vests. You know how I love a good vest on a man. Oh my gosh. A vest is a vest is the best. That's, <laughs> that's what I always say. <laughs> never said that before (laughs) no i haven't (laughs) but i always do express my appreciation of man vests i just don't rhyme yes but now i'm gonna do it this is a vest is the best (laughs) um would you like background on this movie yes please okay so background hocus pocus it's a modern day halloween staple written by mick garris and david kirshner and directed by kenny ortega who also directed Newsies. Ugh, so it's also a connection to Christian Bale. Yes, yes. He actually directed Newsies and Hocus Pocus back to back. Newsies first and then Hocus Pocus. Wait, that also gives us our answer as to whether or not Leo auditioned for Newsies. He didn't. He didn't because the guy had never seen him before this audition. Ah, yes, yes. Um, He also, Kenny Ortega also did the high school musical films, all of those. Oh my God. Uh, this meal, a bunch I've never of seen any of those, but... I'm not done yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> he also did the High School Musical films, a bunch of episodes of Gilmore Girls, and the 2002 Winter Olympics opening ceremony. So Kenny Ortega's just like a real feel-good guy. Yeah. He creates that, like, winter-autumn cozy feeling inside me. <laughs> um, it was... Uh, Hocus Pocus was not released as a Halloween movie. It was released on July 16th, 1993, which is so weird to me because it's like through and through a Halloween movie. Yeah, I don't understand why you would release it in July. Well, like some movies, like people consider Coraline a Halloween movie, but it's really not. There's nothing about Halloween in it. It's just like kind of creepy. It's just Tim Burton. 
No, that's not even, it's not even Tim Burton. Oh, well, it has his aesthetic. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, so I could understand if Coraline was released in July, but this is Halloween. It even takes place on Halloween. Yeah. <sighs> By the way, Halloween uh, in 1993 was a Sunday, but these kids were in school. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> uh, the movie stars Bette Midler. Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy Najimy, Omri Katz, Vin- Vanessa Shaw, and Thora Birch. And it's basically the best movie ever. It really is. That's something special. It is something special. And I um, there's a lot of trivia facts out there for this. Oh, so my gosh. Are just a few. If you'd like to do the little noise that we do. Trivia facts. Trivia facts. Pew, 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 pew. I feel like background and trivia facts like kind of bleed into one another, you know? They're Sometimes. sort of the same. Yeah. They're siblings. They're like you and me. They're, They're related, but very different. <laughs> That's true. Um, <clears throat> so here are our trivia facts. Bette Midler has stated on more than one occasion that this is her favorite movie of all the movies she's ever done. Which makes me like her a lot. Yeah. I feel like she's like a really cool person. She seems like she is. Like, she's a real good know. time. <laughs> also, one time she wouldn't sleep with, um, uh, what's his face? Bob Dylan, because he refused to take his boots off. And I don't know if that's a famous story or if my friend's mom, who was a journalist in, like, the 70s, told us that. So I don't know if that's common knowledge or not. <laughs> oh, okay. But I like um, a lady that's like, no, take your shoes off. <laughs> yeah, it makes me... Whatever, Bob Dylan. That's weird. Um, <clears throat> maybe he the has ugly script, feet, though. It's pop. Maybe he had like a toe fungus, <laughs> <laughs> and he just like felt it would be to like change the mood, you know? Yeah. Uh, the original script was supposed to be actually a Disney TV movie, but it was determined that it was good enough to be a feature film. I think it actually probably would have been a classic either way. Oh yeah, it would have been like Halloween Town. I watched Halloween Town 2 this morning. <laughs> There's also I mean, like a, a kid in that that I had a really big crush on. The one who was like I didn't, the, the ogre that gets turned hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't like sit down and watch it. I just had it on the background when I was doing stuff. But I, I love uh, Halloween Town. And I think, though, if it had been on TV, obviously it wouldn't have had like Bette Midler, though. Probably not. Like it would have been a different Although person, I don't right? know. Debbie Reynolds was in Halloween Town. That's true. You know? Yeah. Rosie O'Donnell was supposed to play uh, Mary, which is the Kathy and Jimmy character. Mm-hmm. But she backed out because she didn't want to be a scary witch. <laughs> she didn't want to scare children. But they're not scary. Oh. They're funny. I know. So obviously she, she didn't, didn't understand. She didn't understand. The role wasn't meant for her. <laughs> <laughs> no it really wasn't I can't see her doing I can't see her in this role no um, do, 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 do. Sarah Jessica Parker is actually a direct descendant of a real woman named Esther who was accused of witchcraft during the Salem witch trials she was not executed however and was one of the last women to be accused of witchcraft and murder during the trials Sarah Jessica Parker didn't find this out though until 2004 whoa that's crazy I couldn't find like one of the things I read said that this she was like the person like her case and a couple other people who were accused was like the last the end of the Salem witch trials before they realized there was mold in their hay. (laughs) (laughs) No, but Esther was accused of um, strangling her neighbor. That's not witchcraft. That's just murder. Yeah. Well, witchcraft and murder. It was two two separate Accusation. I feel like if you got charged with a crime as a woman back in the day, they would just throw in witchcraft for good measure. That's true. You know, yeah. it was like she did something wrong. She must be a witch. <laughs> the moth. So at the end of the movie, uh, this corpse cuts his own mouth open because it's sewn together. And um, the moths that fly out of Billy's mouth after he cuts it open are were real moths that he had to like hold in his mouth. Ew. Yeah. That's disgusting. People do gross also, things thought, for like, chi- children's art. I thought that if you touched like a moth wing, it died or something or it couldn't fly. 
Is that just something they tell us as children so we don't touch them? Maybe. I don't know much about moths. Mm. Um, as we have said several times, Leo uh, was offered the part of Max Dennison, but turned it down to play Arnie in What's Eating Gilbert Grape, for which he earned his first Oscar nomination. I think that was a good choice. I think so as well. Although I could totally see him as Max. Oh, yeah. He would have been amazing. He would have been an excellent Max. Even maybe a little bit cool. I know. (laughs) Max is so dorky, but like, I think Leo could have made it cool. Yeah, he would have been adorable instead of like slightly obnoxious. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sean Murray, who plays Thackeray Banks. Wait, hold on. Let me redo that because I didn't read that correctly. Sean Murray plays Thackeray Banks, but his voice is never used. Jason Marsden voice, uh, voices the human and the cat versions of Thackeray. What? Oh, my God. That really hurt my ears. I'm so sorry. I'm outraged. <laughs> yeah, that's not that guy. His voice didn't get used. It's all the uh, the overdubbing. So why didn't they just use the kid who did the voice? Because they needed because the kid it- with the hot, melted British face. Oh, Okay. Also, that kid is now grown up and he's on like a lot of TV things and he looks like a love child of Colin Hanks and what was the other guy? Jim Parsons. Yeah, he really does actually. He's he, been on like a he, million seasons of NCIS. So mm-hmm. all of our grandmothers know who he is. Yes. And he is richer than any of us. <laughs> I would be so sad for him if he wasn't richer than me. I know. I really would, too. Like, if if playing Thackeray Banks and just Thackeray's hot body was, like, all he ever did, that'd be sad. Thackeray's hot body is a a little little creepy. I know. I'm I'm just, I'm joking. I'm joking. I know you are. Get a sense of humor. (laughs) But we did just yell at Leo, so I just feel like we need to. I know. I know. I'm making fun of all of those things at the same time. I know. It's a multi-layered joke. Come on. (laughs) This is the first Disney movie to... I didn't even know I'm going to say this. This is the first Disney movie to acknowledge virginity. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not just like casually tossed around like, oh, the virgin lit the the black flame candle. It's like they bring it up every two seconds and they totally shame this kid. Who's like 15 years old yeah. for being a virgin. It's, it's a lot. Like his, his like seven or eight year old <coughs> sister regularly <coughs> shames him. Yeah, it's really rude. It's super rude. Uh, Kathy and Jimmy was reluctant to take the role of Mary Sanderson because she was afraid of offending real witches with the stereotyping. Oh, my God. That's really sensitive of her. It's, Isn't it? It really is. <laughs> Um, Max can be seen doodling in the classroom. And what he's doodling is he wrote the Grateful Dead. And then above that, he drew a marijuana leaf. Because he's from California and we're all super high all the time. Well, yeah. Even as 15 year olds. Even 15 year olds in 1993. Just just real... What would you, what's the word? What's a name? I don't know. I'm thinking of some 15 year olds that I knew in California. <laughs> it wasn't probably, 1993, yeah, but they were super high all the time. True. But it's just amazing that it's in a Disney movie and like nobody caught it. Cause I feel like if it was today, a bunch of certain kinds of parents, society would lose, would lose their effing minds because like they think that their child will see it and like suddenly want to go smoke a bunch of weed. Yeah. This was before helicopter parents, though, so. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, clearly, the parents went to, like, this all-night party and left the kids alone. Yeah. As you did. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like we were left alone a lot, though. We totally were. Oh. But, like, you and our older sister were older and around. Oh, yeah. So we were being, like, babysat by our sister, but, like, she wasn't paying any attention to us. (laughs) (laughs) She was watching my so-called life. And finally, and unfortunately, the uncreative minds of the world are remaking this movie in 2018. It's not 
um, a sequel, they're just remaking it, which is terrible and stupid. And I really, really, really hate that. Yeah, that's really lame, especially since it lends itself to like a sequel pretty easily with the ending. Yeah, like the little. Exactly. It just needs a sequel. You don't need to make a brand new one. It's but then they then they would have to write a movie. Well, that'd just be friggin' difficult. How are they going to do it? They can't talk about virgins every 10 seconds. It'll probably be something else. Like a, a, a oh beardless gosh. youth. <laughs> <laughs> Has your voice changed yet? You can light the black light candle. Uh, and that's it. Nice. Nice. Those were some good yeah. trivia facts. It was pretty good this week. This week, um, I have a, a little slideshow from uh, PopSugar.com uh, called uh-huh. "What Is the Cast of Hocus Pocus Up to Now?" <gasps> Ooh, Wait. oh, can I guess? When you say that, I think that's going to take a long time. Okay, fine. Go ahead. Okay, so Bette Midler. Bette Midler continues to be an American treasure. Yes, she does. She released a new album in 2014, and in the years since Hocus Pocus, she starred in movies like Get Shorty, The First Wives Club, The Stepford Wives, and most recently, 2012's Parental Guidance. This is probably from a while ago. Yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker. We don't need to do this one. It's like the ones that we know where they, what happened to them. Like she was on Sex in the City and it's amazing. So we'll just move on from that. Okay. Uh, Kathy Najimy. Kathy Najimy has She's- continued to work in film and TV since Hocus Pocus, starring in projects such as 2001's Rat Race and recently co- uh, completing a stint on Veep. Very nice. Oh, okay. That's okay. That's good. I was at first, I I was doing this like face where I was like, oh God, I don't want to like embarrass people by naming their lame movies they were in after this, but uh, Veep is is real. Mm -hmm. Not that Rat Race isn't. I'm just saying. Uh, Thora Birch. Thora Birch transitioned to more adult roles in 1999's American Beauty and Ghost World. For the most part, Birch has stopped acting. Recent roles include 2012's Petunia, co-starring Brittany Snow, and the drama series Colony on the USA Network, which is still on. Uh, So she hasn't given up acting. No, not at all. Okay. They're crazy. Okay. They're really silly, but I have something to say about that. Um, In this movie... Uh, some of it was a lot of it was filmed actually in Salem Massachusetts but some of it was on a Burbank back lot and one of the like when they're I don't know when it is but they're standing in front of a house and it's actually the house that she lives in in American Beauty weird also there's a time when um, Allison and little girl what's her name (laughs) Danny um are like celebrating burning the witches in front of a fountain and the fountain is the friend's fountain. <gasps> That's so cool. Yeah. All right. Omri Katz. Aside from a mildly not safe for work short film called Perfect Girl, Katz hasn't done much acting since Hocus Pocus. He's now a hairdresser. So you can find him and get your hair cut by Max Dennison. I feel like he doesn't want that. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, does he only give floppy 90s haircuts oh god i hope he like does he specialize in the 90s uh middle part and uh you know flop Mm -hmm. excellent okay vanessa shaw is still a recognizable face appearing in movies like eyes wide shut the hills have eyes and 310 to yuma so she's like doing all right uh wait we're gonna see her yes we will we're gonna see her with christian yes we will uh, she also played Kate McPherson on season two of Ray Donovan. So your grandmas that have Showtime also know who she is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean Murray. Sean Murray's resume is full of TV and made-for-TV movies. He's been starring on NCIS as Timothy McGee for a whopping 13 years. So you can still see him on a weekly basis. So that is the body of Zachary Banks. Yes, but not the voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug Jones, who played Billy Butcherson. Oh, oh my. Um, you may not recognize Doug Jones without his zombie makeup on, but he's been in all sorts of stuff. He recently showed up on Teen Wolf and The Strain, and he pops up in Ouija, Origin of Evil. Wait, so he's super hot when he's dressed up like a zombie, but like not so much in real life? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. 
Um, it's really the personality of Billy the zombie also that is so nice. You know, like he helps the kids and he just like wants revenge on his gross ex-girlfriend who sewed his mouth shut with a dull needle. Mm-hmm. That's all he wants. And his head pops off a lot, which is just a hard situation to handle. It really is. Anytime uh, he, your head's falling off, it's a tricky situation. Yeah, but he recovers well and just plops it right back on. So. Yeah. Um, Tobias Jelinek, who plays Jay. <gasps> Jay! One of the uh, town street youths who harasses, uh, uh, what's his face? Max by taking his shoes and calling him Hollywood and Jay is part of a duo as all Jays are um, and his but his friend is Ice and they have like a really beautiful bromance where they just it's, really support what the other one wants to do while I they terrorize this town. Yeah like one of them um, says something when is when is like the real supportive moment when we were watching it and I was like Oh, look at these guys. They're really, really feeling this friendship. Um, like, it's when Jay calls the other guy by the wrong name and he goes, I told you my name's not Ernie anymore. It's Ice. And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like mock him for calling himself Ice. He's like very supportive of this choice in his life. It's wonderful. Um, they maybe like after Leo and Toby and Turk and JD from Scrubs, they're one of my favorite bro bands. And Barack and... Joe Biden and Barack and Joe Biden. Yeah. Um, I like they were on a first name basis with our former president. <laughs> <laughs> Their friendship is just really solid. And they they have like another crew that they also go around and cause havoc with. But j- like they are devoted to one another. They're the best friends of the crew. They really are. The other guys aspire to their their level of bromance. Exactly. It's a really, really, <laughs> really fantastic friendship. I kind of wish that max would be able to hang out with them but they're kind of terrible too so yeah um okay so tobias jelinek uh stopped acting after appearing as a gang member in 1997's batman and robin but has recently returned last year he was on several episodes of the mindy project as dirk so he's still around and i totally recognize his face like i can't place where i know him from um but i i do know him so the other part of this uh this duo uh ice was played by Larry Bagby. Uh, Larry Bagby has also appeared on The Young and the Restless, in addition to a number of other TV shows. His primary focus now is his band, the Larry Bagby Band of Brothers. Oh my God. Is Ice in, I mean, is Jay in it? No, I don't think they're friends in real life. He, you, mean, you mean that was just, just for show? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jody Amy Rivera, who plays Emily Banks, um, otherwise known as the most beautiful child ever. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, weird. Okay. Um, in the most puzzling transformation, Jody Amy Rivera now goes by the name of Venetian Princess and is a successful YouTuber. She does a lot of song parodies and a lot of her videos get a- upward of a million views. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. And that's all that's all you I've know, got on, on the cast. Not of. everybody not everybody can be successful in film. Like sometimes you just have to branch out and become a YouTube star or uh, cut hair. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Cool. I wasn't expecting well, you know, that last one and now I'm a little baffled. Um, but anyway, I really want to, I really want to look her up. <laughs> um, do you have any favorite scenes that you'd care to discuss? Well, the first thing I want to talk about is how Max is, just bullied relentlessly by every single person in his whole life mm-hmm. <laughs> he's bullied by his teacher who's like do you have any california laid back whatever i don't know makes fun of him for being from california and then he's like listen i don't believe in witches because i'm from california and i smoke weed all the time and i don't have like an imagination anymore and um then vanessa or wait what's her name allison is like you know drops the mic on him and then the whole class gangs up on him and starts cheering like this is the greatest she's just given the greatest speech on earth yeah because all of these 15 year olds are super into witches exactly they're very protective of their town lore and then he does the most embarrassing thing see here's the reason i don't feel bad for max okay i don't feel as bad for max because he brings a lot of it on himself He's kind of a tool. Like, 
when he gets up and like br- like in front of the whole class walks over to this girl he's just met and hands over his phone number that is asking for like you're a little too confident that's asking for people to make fun of you yeah and then she does like the um <laughs> she the does word? the what I don't know. I was trying to come up with the word. Like she, it's she, it's harsh to hand his own phone number back to him. She gives him the brush off pretty pretty she solidly. Does. Yes, which he deserves. But then after that, he gets his shoes, his cross trainers stolen. And then he goes home and his parents are like blah 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 and then he goes upstairs and tries to have a moment alone, you know, to explore his himself, sexuality with himself. <laughs> You know, and the imaginary Allison that's there. And then his little sister jumps out and like also kind of bullies him. And that's when he really, he goes to the drums. Which is, I think, one of my favorite moments in the whole movie. He's just, <laughs> he's like, it's, there's no reason for him to start playing the drums. But he closes his eyes and he's like moving his head around and pursing his lips and really getting all those feelings out. And I really, I love that. Uh, but my favorite scene. Do you have any thoughts on that, by the way? Uh, none other um, than purely amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really healthy way, actually, to deal with your anger. And we know he's got an anger problem because later on he like punches a wall or something. Yeah. But he loses <clears throat> his cool a few times. He also like kicks a trash can. But that's why he has his drums. Yeah. They're his Maybe outlet. that's why they had to leave Los Angeles. Because of his anger, <laughs> his anger problems. Like they never tell us why, and he he's like, "You made me move here." So I feel like it's a job situation, but it could very well be that he had an anger problem and is like they just started. He just started exploring his feelings through music. Yeah, probably. Maybe the drums were a consolation prize. They probably were. He also has uh, sheets that simply have fish on them. They're bass. They're very masculine <laughs> sheets. Very masculine sheets. From the uh, L.L. Bean catalog. <laughs> but my favorite scene, besides the drums, <laughs> is the Halloween party that they go to and find their parents at. Yeah, that's a great, great looking party. Because first of all, I love giant parties. Even though I earlier in this episode <laughs> said that I hate being around people, I do love giant parties. And everyone is dressed to the friggin' nines. Like, no repeat costumes. No, like, I went down to Party City and just bought something out of a bag. Like, these people are amazing. There's a tiny grandma dressed as a geisha. Just to, like, put it in perspective for everyone. Yeah. Um, There's an Elvis who's having an amazing time dancing. There's a very helpful alligator. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The mother is dressed as Madonna. The father is wearing... Like pajamas, but also a vampire cape, which I don't so understand. I don't uh, he, I think he kind of says what he is as a, it's like a joke, but I don't get it. I don't anyway, get it either. the best part of this though is the skeleton band oh. that is playing this party with the really hot skeleton singer man. The skeleton singer man is extremely sexual. And I feel like maybe only with that makeup, like it might be a Billy situation. Yeah. Like if he but took he the also ma- makeup off, I'd be like, mm, put it back on. <laughs> yeah. But the skeleton makeup and he sings like witchcraft, like <laughs> Frank Sinatra music and the band is killing it and the people are having a good time. And then Max comes in and he's like all embarrassing, you know? Yeah. Basically, he comes in and the parents are not concerned that he, A, showed up at their party dressed normally and brought his sister and a random girl. And the dad, like, molests the girl oh, <laughs> first thing. Oh, God. So <laughs> not okay. Two, two, then he tells them why he's there and they are they don't, like, go, like, hey, are you on drugs? Or, hey, what's going on? They're just like, oh, you're crazy. Get out of here. You know, if my teenage son showed up to a party where I was and was like, hey, I brought these witches back from the dead by lighting a candle, I'd be like, where did you get your drugs? <laughs> also, let's get you to a hospital so that when you come down off of whatever it is that you're on, we know that you're safe. Yeah, exactly. But no, they just like kind of abandon him to 
make a very embarrassing speech, which ends in an amazing musical number by the Sanderson sisters. Yeah. That is my favorite scene from this movie. It's pretty much the greatest scene of any movie ever. It's really, really, really good. Can you imagine that being Leo, though? Like getting up on the thing and being like, the Sanderson sisters are back. Here's the thing, though. I think maybe Leo wouldn't have been good because people would have believed him. I, I don't think they could have written him off because he's so sincere. That's true. Whereas like Max also, is just kind of a doof that you feel like makes up a lot of things all the time. That's true. And also like, wait, what if they moved from California because of Max's marijuana issue? Because they don't have weed in Massachusetts? Well, the parents, maybe not. I mean, maybe, I mean, of course they do, but maybe the parents thought they didn't or something. Okay. Anyway, what's your favorite? My scene? favorite thing, I don't have a scene, but my favorite thing about this children's movie is that the entire town of debaucherous adults continually shames a 15 year old boy for being a virgin. And everyone acts like it's wholly unacceptable and insane. And why on earth hasn't this awkward teenage boy been like banging every girl in sight? That's my favorite thing. Well, and they're it's like unbelievable to them. They're like, what? Like even that uh, they go to that fake cop and he like pulls them aside and like, are you a virgin? And he's like, yeah. He's like, really? It's not like he's like 45 years old. Yeah, he's 15. And obviously that's what he's trying to accomplish in this evening. Exactly. That's why he went to this girl's house and that's why he has taken her on. That's why he went to the Sanderson sister's house. And he lit the candle to show her how brave he was so that she would want to sleep with him. I mean, honestly, this is just Max's shame over and over and over again. And it's so rude. It's so rude that they shamed him for that. (laughs) It really is. And And his his like seven year old sister is constantly running around town and be like, and he's a virgin. And you're like. It's yeah. not a shameful thing. It's fine. <laughs> it's completely normal. Yeah. <laughs> for him. But also, um, wouldn't they just be able to like, if he really did bring back the Sanderson sisters, which he did, um, don't you think they'd just be able to kind of know that he was and he didn't have to talk about it all the time? Yeah. And also, I think you brought this up yesterday. Why didn't he just have Danny do it? Because he asks Allison to light the candle and she won't. Well, my theory is that it wouldn't have done anything. Yeah. I, I think the, that Vanessa has, has spoken on this and she said that she didn't think Allison could light the black flame candle. Yeah, I don't think she can either, which, okay. Cool. That's Nobody, your journey, yeah. Allison, and your life, and you will get but no you, judgment here. The people I'm judging are the people shaming a 15-year-old boy for being a virgin. <laughs> Poor Max. I know, but he should have just been like, Danny, come light this candle. But I guess Danny wouldn't have done it. Well, and also he um, he was trying to look tough. Yeah. And like brave. Like, oh, I'll do this. Yeah. But it doesn't look tough or brave. He's just embarrassing. I know. It's humiliating. <sighs> Teenage boys are really difficult creatures. I mean, they're the most terrifying creatures on the planet, honestly. They they do really scare me. <laughs> when I see like packs of Well, no, it's not just packs of teenage boys. It's packs of teenagers coming at me. It's very scary. When are pa- packs of teenagers coming at you well, in your not life? Coming at me. I mean like when I'm walking down the street and then like a pack of teenagers turns the corner and starts walking towards me. Okay, I, this is making you sound like an old fogey, so we should stop. I am. I am an why I am an old fogey. Did you, as a fifteen-year-old, as like a teenage kid, did you ever even notice older people that were you were, were around you, let alone want to like harm them in any way? No, it's not that I think they want to harm me. It's just that they're like, they're so weird. They're so foreign to me. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, would you like to give this entire movie some best picture Leos? Oh, I thought we were just doing one giant best picture Leo. That doesn't make any this, sense. Okay. This gets. I'm giving it 10. I'm obviously. giving it 10 too, because it's one of the greatest holiday films ever. It yes. like takes on an unexpected holiday and it really has stood the test of time. And I feel like there was like a moment in college where like we were all hanging out around Halloween and then someone was like, you know what? I really liked that Hocus Pocus movie when we were younger. And everyone in the room was like, that's the greatest movie ever. <laughs> Um, 
um, it unites the millennial it, it generation. A love of hocus pocus. It, it takes on an unexpected holiday. Halloween is a very expected holiday. I, no, there's not as many like Halloween movies as there are like Christmas movies. Well, no, there's no, no. Because a lot of things that people would consider Halloween movies aren't Halloween movies. They're just scary movies. I suppose so. Yeah. Like The Nightmare Before Christmas is not a Halloween movie. It's a Christmas movie. It's a both movie. Oh, no. We don't need to get into that. We have very differing views on that movie. You don't like it? Perhaps we shall take it on next year. Uh, okay. All right. Well, that's me. I'm done. All right. Oh, you don't have anything else to say about Hocus Pocus? I don't think so. Just that I really like it and I might go watch it now if it's on TV. It probably is. It's probably on Freeform. This podcast was it not sponsored is. by Freeform. But if you'd like to sponsor us, please get in touch with us because we'd love to sell out. <laughs> I just want someone to give us money. <laughs> I know, but that's not really... <laughs> I know. <laughs> what the way to ask. Okay. All right. Well, uh, now that Leos have been awarded, it is time to end the show. In the meantime, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Please go subscribe, rate us, leave reviews, and help other people find the show. We can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Talk Leo Pod, and our website is Let's Talk About Leo.com. Our theme song was composed by Blake Schmidtberger, and the rest is just a Meredith and Laura production. Thank you for joining us to talk about Leo, or not so much Leo, but a little bit of Halloween and Hocus Pocus. Uh, come back and join us next week when we swear to tiny infant jesus that we will talk about newsies um okay yes i'm gonna go listen to despacito alone okay bye Bye.